year or so. And uh, just a, a bit of background, I've uh, been coming to this church, my wife and I and our family, for about 17 years. And it's been such an honor and privilege to be serving Pastor Luke and the leadership team here. Over that time, I was uh, an elder in the church for a while and then uh, joined the pastoral team uh, and a pastor of the church for about 11 years. And uh, beginning of last year, we just felt, um, Cara and I just felt that God was moving us into a new season in our lives. And uh, we've just been so blessed over this last year as we stepped out into a different, different kind of ministry and different kind of lifestyle. And uh, God's just been so faithful as he has been right through my life uh, as serving God. But uh, today, I'm just so honored to be able to share the word with you. Uh, Pastor Steve and Bex, uh, or Pastor Steve and Bex are away uh, for the weekend. They'll be back next week. But uh, yeah, just want to, uh, you know, just take the opportunity to wish you all a very happy new year and may you truly be blessed in whatever you put your hands to this year. As we stand at the beginning of a new year, I'm sure that many of us wonder, what, what does the year have in store for us? Uh, you know, we are, what sort of challenges are we get, will we be facing this year? What sort of difficulties we may have to overcome? What sort of opportunities are gonna be presented to us? I'm sure we're also considering about, uh, you know, the things that God has planned for us. See, I believe that God has a plan and purpose for each one of our lives. I don't believe we are here by accident today. Uh, we're not here um, alive and, and, and in this place here today because, you know, X number of years ago, our mom and dad had too much wine, to, and, uh, wine and, and got together and nine months later you turned up. Um, you know, it wasn't maybe something like that. Maybe that's how it happened. But uh, the Bible says that before the foundation of the world, before God even created the world, way back, he looked through the eons of time and he saw you and I sitting here in New Zealand, Aust uh, New Zealand, I've seen this in Australia, Auckland, <laughs> in Auckland, New Zealand, definitely not Australia, it's a swear word, yeah, so in, uh, in New Zealand, in Auckland, New Zealand, for a plan and purpose. God has you here for a reason. You're not here by accident. You are here for such a time as this. And, uh, and God has a plan and, and I believe that each one of us that uh, God is working out that plan through us and we, as we're sensitive to him and sensitive to the things that he's leading us into. And in, in the light of that, I often ask people at around about this time of the year, sort of what are their goals for the year? What are their plans? What are they expecting for the year? What's their vision for the year? And it's interesting for me because a number of people say to me, well, you know, it'll be same old, same old. Um, you know, whatever will be, will be. Kind of the future's not ours to see. It's, you know, it's just, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. And that may be your philosophy of life as well, but you know, my philosophy of life is found in Deuteronomy where it says this, God speaking to the children of Israel, he says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore choose life so that you and your children may live. I've set before you life and death. I really believe that this year God has set before us the opportunity to experience life or death to experience blessings or cursings, and what will determine what we experience will be, de will be determined by the choices we make. It says you choose. You choose life. You choose blessings. And today I'd just like to explore this idea of the choices that we can make that will impact our lives in this coming year, and maybe just encourage you to make some good choices. And in the light of that, maybe some of the choices we can look to making, first of all, is some choices in our relationships. The great Christian motivational speaker, Zig Ziglar, used to say that, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. See, our friends will determine the type of future that we have. 
He also used to say that we become the average of the five people we spend most of our life with. And so who are the five people in your life that are influencing you, that will determine the course of your life? The Bible says in a, in a different way. The Bible says, uh, uh, but it really says the same thing. Uh, it says in, uh, sorry, let me put my glasses on. In Proverbs it says, become wise by walking with the wise. If you want to make wise decisions this year, you need to walk with the wise. You need to have wise people around you. And then it goes on to say, hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. And a lot of what, the way our lives will turn out this year will be determined by the relationships that we have, the people that are speaking to our lives, the people that we have around us and that are helping us and, 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 and influencing our lives. The second area where I believe that we can make some good choices on in, are in our goals. We can set really good goals. I'm a, a believer in setting goals for a year. The Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish, and, uh, which means uh, people, uh, another translation says they cast off restraint or they go in different directions. Pastor Luke says that, um, a great statement, he says where there's no vision, there's most times division. And many marriages and relationships and businesses and churches often uh, go in different directions and are destroyed and come to um, a, a place of destruction because there's a lack of vision and a clear common goal. And I really believe God's calling us to have a goal in our lives, a plan for our, our health and our marriages and our relationships and all sorts of things in our lives. And you know, there's an old statement that says, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so the choices we make in terms of our goals this year are really important. I really believe it's important to focus on the small things this year. You know, it's not often the big things that trip us up. It is the small things. We have to make small decisions in our lives. Uh, uh, our big decisions that sometimes we need to make and our, we may not need to make this year are things like changing countries or, uh, or, or changing jobs or buying a house. There may be those big decisions we don't need to make. But you know, there's small decisions we can make every day that impact our lives. I, uh, gent um, uh, um, men, I encourage you today, husbands, I encourage you today is that during the course of this year, every day you find an opportunity to tell your wife how much you love her and how she's valuable and precious to you. And even if you have to say it by faith, tell her how great her cooking is. And, uh, and that's not my experience. My wife's an awesome cook. I just want to put that on record. Uh, but I just, you know, we can choose to do that every day. You won't believe how important that will be to your marriage. Wives, Maybe every day you can encourage your husbands by telling him that he's your hero, that you love him and that you honor him and that you appreciate the way he works hard to support the family and the things he does, the sacrifices he makes. You see, it's those small things which are important. See, no one goes to bed thin and wakes up fat, okay? What happens is people over a period of time have too many burgers, too many pies, too many KFC, and eventually over time with small bad decisions, suddenly they find themselves in strife. The same financially, you don't become bankrupt overnight. You don't go from prosperity to bankruptcy overnight. It's a process of spending too much money and, and, and spending money on the wrong things and buying also you know, too many shoes and clothes and, and things like that. It's, it's a process, it's making good decisions every day. I think I've lost half the congregation, but anyway. Um, <laughs> You know, we, these things don't happen. You don't wake up uh, from a, if you're in a happy marriage, you don't wake up one morning and decide, today I'm gonna think I'm gonna go have an affair. It generally doesn't happen like that. There's small things we do. We 
smile a little too much at that guy that comes into the reception area. We don't look at that young girl that's just joined the team and at our work. We look at those small little decisions. We look at things that we shouldn't be looking. We follow some ex-girlfriend on Facebook or whatever, and suddenly we get tossed away. These are small decisions, but they're important decisions and will impact our lives this year. Finally, I think we need to choose to pursue the opportunities that God brings our way. I believe God brings opportunities every day for us to witness, to Christ, witness Christ to somebody in our community and our, amongst us. I believe every day God gives us opportunity to bless someone, to serve, to, 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 to love someone, to encourage someone, to speak good of someone. Every day we have the opportunity to do well for our bosses at work and, and to prophesy over people, to play blessings over people. Every day we can choose to do small things and good things, make those good decisions to do that every day. But recently I was listening to a, a message by uh, uh, one of my favorite preachers, Craig Rochelle. Um, some of you may know him. He's got uh, reputedly the largest church in America. He's got 27, 28 campuses, uh, 100,000 people that he preaches to every Sunday. And Craig has, uh, uh, he preached a message which I love the title, in fact it was a sermon series which was entitled, uh, What Happens One Minute After You Die? And, uh, and, and when I listened to this message, it really stirred my heart and it kind of provoked me uh, when I realized that I th there's some things in my life that I'm kind of getting okay and I'm working on them and making good decisions, but I need to open my mind and open my scope and open my thinking that we don't only have this time on earth, but in fact, we're all gonna pass away one day. You see, I'm an insurance advisor and I often tell my insurance clients that you know, a life policy is the best policy because you're always gonna pay out. Um, as far as I know, the latest statistics are out and, and pretty much everyone still dies. Okay, uh, it's 100% sure. Now, if Jesus doesn't come in, in the near future, uh, we're all gonna die. Uh, that includes you. Uh, now, it, it may be in 10 years' time, it may be in five years' time, it may be next year, it may be this year, it may be in a month's time, it may be this afternoon. But we're all gonna die. It's all gonna happen. And the Bible says to us, what happens when we die? In 2 Corinthians, it says, sooner or later, I think it actually may be 1 Corinthians, but anyway, in Corinthians, it says, sooner or later, We'll all have to face God. We'll appear before Christ and take what's coming to us, what? As a result of our actions or our decisions and actions, either good or bad, here on earth. That keeps us vigilant, you can be sure. There's no, it's no light thing to know that one day we will all stand in the place of judgment. Just think about that today. Just think about suddenly, in a blink of an eye, you're standing before God. And we think it's gonna happen sometime in the future, but imagine it suddenly happened now. You're suddenly facing God. How would you? Are you prepared for that? Are we prepared? Have we set ourselves goals for that? Have we set ourselves and made decisions which will impact our eternity with God? And you see, I believe that every one of us, those good and bad decisions we make are gonna impact. The choices we make today will not only determine our lives here on earth, but it'll determine our eternity as well. And so in the light of this, how should we live? Is life all about accumulating as much as we can, getting as wealthy as we can, having the best house on the best street in the best suburb? Is it about having the best uh, boat in the marina? Is it about dying with, as my friend Steve, uh, Steve Hope always says, is, is life all about dying with the most toys? Is that the one that wins? No, it's not about that. Life is not about that, mom. Sorry, did you say yes? Sorry, I thought my mother-in-law agreed with me there. Um, <laughs> it's not about that. 
What is it about? It's about, the Bible says, do not store up for yourselves riches on earth where moth and rust can and destroy it, but store yourself up for yourself riches in heaven. In 1 Peter 2 verse 11 says, dear friends, you're immigrants and strangers in the world. The message says it like this. Friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. I love that statement. Let's not make ourselves too cozy in this world. This is not our home. This is not our destination. This is not where we're gonna end up. This is just a period of time, but it's our internal uh, destination that is the most important. I'd just like to maybe illustrate what life is like. And some of you may have seen this example before, but you know, life, if you just imagine for a moment that this kind of rope is, goes on forever, and, and, that's, and that's the beginning of time, and we know that time never began because God always existed. So there was always time that has always existed, and, and then over there is, is the future eternity, um, which is gonna exist once again forever and ever. And this uh, red portion here, which hopefully you'll be able to see, is a reflection of the history of man from the time of Adam until today. And so, yeah, Adam and Eve were created, and then, uh, and then we, you know, the children of Israel go through the, uh, you know, through the Red Sea and then end up in the wilderness, and, and, then, and then Jesus comes to the earth and dies for our sins, and then, um, and then we go through the reformation of the church, and then uh, we have the First World War and the Second World War, and then 1960, a very important date, I was born, and then um, another important date, which I won't mention to you what it is, but my wife was born, and... Um, she threatened me if I told you what her birthday. Um, and, uh, and then another important day, 1988, uh, my wife and I got married, uh, and then we had our kids, uh, pretty important. Um, and, um, and, and yeah, we're sort of sitting now in uh, January 2019, and this is the end of my life. And that's my life, that's what I've got. In this whole continuum of, of, of eternity, that's what I've got. And do you know what? I spend an inordinate amount of my focus and time worrying about this little section, this little part of my life. And this is all your life is as well. And we spend our lives working and studying and, and doing, and those are all good things. There's nothing wrong with that. Pursuing our dreams and goals, very good. But you know, sometimes this, be, this takes up 100% of our time when it's such a short period of time in relation to eternity and how many of us are thinking about our eternal situation and how we can impact eternity other than just impacting the short period of time we have on earth. And so with that in mind, I've got a couple of ideas as to how we can impact eternity, how we can influence what's gonna happen in eternity, not only our own lives, but in fact the lives of other people because that's essentially what we are on earth for. We're not for ourselves, but we're for others. And the first one, I believe that we need to be this year, we need to prioritize this year is to be extravagantly generous in our lives. Luke chapter 12, verse 15 to 21, Jesus says this. He's teaching the people, he said, watch out, be on your guard for all kinds of greed. Life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. You hear that? Life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest and he thought to himself, what shall I do? I've no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones and, and there I will store my surplus grain and I'll, I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink and be merry. I mean, this will describe the goals for most of us. is to make as much money, as make as much, create enough wealth around us so we can go and retire and eat, drink and be merry. 
Well, maybe not the drinking part, but at least the other parts, okay? I mean, we want to do that. We want, that's, that seems like a reasonable goal in life. And it's interesting to say what, to see what God says. Verse 20 says, but God said to him, you fool. Wow, you fool. This very night your life will be demand, demanded from you. Then who will get what you prepared for yourself? You see, this man had prepared for everything in this world, but he hadn't prepared for the next. He was preparing for everything in this world. He hadn't prepared for the next. And it says, this is how it will be. Whoever stores up things for themselves but not rich towards God. You see, this man... There wasn't anything wrong with his wealth. There was nothing wrong with his riches. In fact, the Bible says that God gives us ability to become wealthy. I believe God wants to bless us. I believe uh, that God wants to prosper us and so we can be an influence in the, in the world. But what the sin of this man was, his, uh, his, was the lack of generosity. It was about holding on to what he had and keeping it for himself and making sure he was, uh, that he was looked after and he was number one and there was no heart of sharing it with anyone else. And God called him a fool. And you know, as I said early on, uh, every one of us are gonna leave this earth and for me, I can't wait to stand before my Jesus. You know, I gave my life to, to the Lord when I was just a, a young boy and at nine years old, I was baptized in water. At 12 years old, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. At 14 years old, I preached my first sermon in church. I've been serving God all my life and you know, I love my wife desperately. I love my kids with overwhelming love, but there's one person who's number one in my life, and that's Jesus. And I can't wait to see him. I can't wait. You know, there's that, that song, I can only imagine what it'll be like. And for me, that's like, I can only imagine standing before Jesus, and what will I do? And I'm sure I'll just collapse in a heap in front of him and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. But I've got mixed feelings about it, because you know what? I see myself in this rich man. I see myself as someone who's actually quite consumed with trying to do well in this world, trying to, trying to make, create riches, trying to make my life more comfortable, to be cozier in, in my life. Yeah, I see myself as actually trying to hoard things and hold things, and I, it affects my generosity sometimes. And, you know, I just sense that when I stand before God, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to be so excited about seeing Jesus, but there'll be some level of regret inside of me that I, I wasn't more generous. I wasn't willing to give more, and in John 3, John is talking and saying, as a follower of Christ, he says, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. And I don't think it's specifically around about the number of shirts that you have, it's, it's around the spirit and the attitude of generosity. We're not trying to hold everything for ourselves. Or, I need two shirts, what happens if the one, the buttons fall off, or what happens if it wears out or gets discolored in the wash, I need another one. It's not about that. It's about being a blessing to others. My time's going. Number two, I believe this year we need to choose to be irrationally forgiven. Irrationally forgiven. I think holding on to unforgiveness, when someone's hurt you or done something done against your family or to yourself, is probably one of the most rational things in the world to be. To actually say, I'm not gonna forgive that person. I'm gonna hold it against them. There's no way, I can't forgive them. It's totally rational to do that, but equally it is the most irrational thing in the world to do, because it adds no value at all, either it doesn't affect them and it doesn't affect you, I mean it affects you in a negative way, it does, has no positive, holding on to unforgiveness has no positive effect on you at all. A wise man once said that holding on to unforgiveness is like holding on to a burning hot coal and holding your hand and hoping it burns someone else. I mean that's how dumb unforgiveness is really. That's all we're doing, we're burning ourselves, we're not, doing anything to change the relationship. And, and I really believe God is calling us to, 
to, to unconditional, to, to irrational forgiveness, to a point where it's like, how can you forgive that person? You know, the, the Bible talks, and Jesus taught his disciples to pray and said, you know, uh, and he said, uh, we prayed to the Father, and he said, forgive us our sins even as we forgive those who sin against us. I heard a pastor say that's the second unforgivable sin in the Bible. The first one, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. The second one is not actually forgiving others. Because the Bible says if we don't forgive others, we can't receive forgiveness. You see, forgiveness is everything. This love letter from God that he wrote to us as human beings is full of the, the, the one of the primary primary uh, uh, issues and the aspects of this word of God, this love letter from God that's wooed us for centuries is about forgiveness. Forgiveness, forgiveness. And if we're not willing to forgive, we are diametrically opposed to the nature of God. We need to come to a position of forgiveness. Joyce Meyer tells a story of how her father, her father uh, would, uh, used to sexually abuse her as a child. And when her mother died, she took her father, her and her husband took her father into their home and they cared for, her, for him, loved him. They gave him, uh, they baptized him in their, in her, in their bath and, 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 and loved him until he died. That's what the sort of forgiveness that we need. Forgiveness where we're actually willing to not only forgive someone, but actually publicly honor them and acknowledge them in front of others. Then you'll know you've forgiven someone. My final point today is to be salt and light in this world. Matthew 5 says, you are the salt of the earth. Salt doesn't do anything for itself. Salt brings no value to itself. Salt purely brings value to other things. Salt is, with, 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 uh, is, is a preservative, it's a, it's a healer, it's a, it's a thing that can be put into wounds and help the wounds to heal, it can be used to preserve meat, it's something that adds flavor to food, it makes it taste better. And folks, we as the salt of the earth, we're not here for ourselves. We're not here to salt to make ourselves more salty. We are to impact others around us. We are to preserve those around us. We are to add value, to add life, to add excitement and taste to other people's lives. We are to build up others. That's what our eternal destination is for. That's what God is calling us to do. You know, Martin and Angela Samuel are doing an incredible job across in, in, uh, in Malawi and reaching out and they've literally laid their young lives down with their young three kids Lives down for the, for the, for, to reach the nation of Malawi for the, for the cause of Jesus Christ. And it's amazing and it's awesome. And sometimes we're gonna look at them and say, I can't do that. Well, let me tell you, I've got a, a, long, a lady that comes to our church. She's, um, she's my sister-in-law, Sunette Beats. And, and uh, Sunette runs a salon from her home in Hoffman Bay. And you know, every day she ministers to people. She's a vivacious personality. She's out there, she's lovely, she's, she's friendly. And you know, every day she ministers to people, she laughs to people and cries with them, she prays for them, she prophesies over them, she lifts them up, just as a simple hairdresser. You know, and we think, well, I can't go overseas, I can't go to some third world country and preach the gospel, you don't need to. You can do it just where you are. Trevor Palmer runs a very successful fertilizer business, but every week he goes to the soup kitchen out in South and he dishes up food for people that are coming in that are hungry and starving and ministers to them. See, everywhere we go, we can do that. We can impact the lives, being salt. And finally, we can also be light. Matthew 5, verse 14 and 15 says, you are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand that gives light to everyone in the house Listen to this, in the same way, let your knowledge of the scriptures impress people. No. Oh, let your spirituality, let your ability to pray amazing prayers impress people. 
The Bible says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You wanna have an impact into eternity? You wanna set some goals for your influence in eternity? Go and bless some people. Be the light in the world. You know, I had a preacher once who, who said that, you know, talk about submarine Christians, you know, the ones who, who cruise along and during the week under the water, you don't see them, and on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, they appear with their hands up, <laughs> worshiping God, shake hands with the greeters at the door, and, you know, just, you know, worshiping God, it's great, and then and they leave, they're back under the water. Folks, we're not secret agents, okay? <laughs> All right, we're not sleeper agents. We need to be out there. Not crazy, not doing stupid things, not quoting scriptures of people, but loving people, doing good deeds, showing the love of Jesus Christ to people and impacting being salt and light in the world. And I'm one, one minute and 11 seconds over. So, just in closing, we've got this, that much to use. That's all we've got, and we've got all of that to impact. I encourage you to make some good decisions for this year. Make some good decisions, it's gonna impact your year, your marriage, your, your life, look after your health, look after your, your family. Do think good things for your family and yourself this year. But how about this year we set some goals and we see how we can impact eternity by being outrageously generous, by being extravagantly forgiven. And let us be salt and light wherever we go in the world. Amen? Let me pray for you and then I'll hand over to Adrian. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that today that you've not created us to be machines and robots just to operate without any, any uh, passion, without any zeal. But Father, thank you, Lord, that you've given us the opportunity to choose our destiny. You've given us the opportunity to choose life, to choose blessings. And Lord, today we will commit to making good choices, choosing life and blessings in our lives. And Father, I pray you stir up our hearts to how we can reach and be an influence in eternity as well. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Adrian. Big to a hand. Awesome. What a great message. I know that a challenge has stirred me. And as we're here this morning, I want to give you one more invitation and pray one more prayer. Maybe you're here and you've never started a relationship with God. You've never started a journey with Him. The Bible teaches us that we've all fallen short. We've all made mistakes. None of us are perfect. And I think we're quite aware of that. But the problem is, is that that sin separates us from God. It means we can no longer have a relationship with Him. But the good news is that Jesus came, He lived a, a blameless life, but died a criminal's death on a cross so that He could be the sacrifice for our sins. So that if we accept His sacrifice, we can be made new. We can have a clean slate, a, a fresh start. We can be forgiven and have a relationship with God. And so maybe you're here this morning, but you've never started that journey. I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. I'm gonna pray a real simple prayer. And if that's you, why don't you pray that along with me in your heart? Come on, let's close our eyes and bow our heads and I'll pray that. Jesus, we thank you that even though we've messed up and made mistakes, you died on a cross to be the sacrifice for our sins. We thank you that you rose again, conquering sin and death. This morning, I invite you to come into my life to make me new, to be my Lord and Savior. Today, I choose to follow you. And if you prayed that prayer this morning, I wanna ask you to do something really brave, one more little step of faith. Just where you are, just the pop of your hand, 
really high so I can see it. And as I've seen it, you can then put it down. I'm gonna count to three. And if that's you this morning, you prayed that prayer while eyes are still closed and heads are still bowed. Why don't you uh, take that one little step of faith? I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna ask you to come to the front. I just wanna acknowledge you and, and, and um, pray a blessing on you. So if that's you, one, two, three. Why don't you pop your hand right where you are. Say, yeah, Adrian, I prayed that prayer. I invited Jesus into my heart this morning. Is anybody else this morning saying, yeah, Adrian, I pray that prayer. Just pop your hand right where you are. Awesome. God, I just thank you for every single person here, God. I thank you for every single person that made a decision this morning to follow you, to pray that prayer. And I thank you that they are now a new creation. The Bible says the old is gone and the new has come. Let's pray your blessing on them, your hand over them, God, that you would lead them and guide them. God, would you reveal yourself to them, God, like never before. We just pray this, Lord, in your name. Amen. Church, can we celebrate those people?